0: It's a very haphazardly built town. It's and so you're walking through these, these beautiful streets, but it's twisting and turning. And I'm like a foot taller than everyone else there, so I can see every. You know, it's like not a particularly tall town. So I'm seeing everything, feeling really out of place, and going, "Can someone?" At this point, I had no idea what was going on. And at this point, I'm like, "Does someone here speak English?" Hello, and welcome to Article Twenty Three, the
1: podcast all about making work. Work, whether you're a leader, someone working in the trenches to build great culture in your organization, an entrepreneur or a career changer. In this podcast, we ask the big questions around what does it mean to make work great for people and great for business? This is a really exciting edition of the podcast. It's one of our up close with editions where you get to meet members of the MOI team and learn about who they are and why culture, belonging, diversity and inclusion and people and culture is what makes them tick. So we're joined today by our newest member from Canberra, Lincoln Hall. Hello and welcome to the podcast.
0: Hello, great to be here.
1: And just as a little piece of background for listeners out there, because you might not have necessarily met Lincoln or myself in the past. My name is Jess Pollard. I am a business director from the Sydney office. I've brought to the moi team, a pretty different angle. I am an elder millennial, and I come from a careers management perspective. I did a master's in the area, ran a business in that area, and spent a lot of time working with young people around what are the career aspirations that drive the upcoming generations. Uh, Also worked in the not-for-profit space, and I was also a creative. And Lincoln and I actually uh, know each other from that space. So it was only fitting that I actually got to do the interview today because I thought, I'm probably the best member of the team to get facts that no one knows about you. Before we jump into a speed round on you and why you claim to be an enthusiast for building community, I just wanted to focus or share a little something else about you because we're not going to get onto that today. I can feel it. But I just wanted to share that you have worked in the education space for 14 years, designing and delivering speeches, presentations, and programs. You've directed your own films. You've worked in the marketing and events space and you're studying neuroscience. You are a true slashy, as they would say in Zoolander. <laughs> so why don't we get onto the real business then? What are three pieces of your story that for the listeners out there you think best share pieces of you?
0: Huh. Music is a really important part of my life. And I grew up in a really musical household and it's our connection too. Mm-hmm. Um, I I find real comfort in the collaboration of music, in the expression of music, even just in the vibration of music. It's healing. It is sometimes electrifying. It's mm-hmm. It's an outlet for emotion that, in fact, I read a, a really interesting passage in the start of a book by someone called Declan Donnellan, which talks about exploring dangerous extremes in the safety of a group and the safety of kind of fiction. I'm paraphrasing, but in the safety of something fictional and, and imaginative. But we can explore mm. those extremes. And I find music as a really powerful way to do that.
1: Hmm. So, first thing. Second
0: thing. Second thing. Hmm. I am deeply, deeply curious. I love to have conversation about any topic. Anything is on the cards for me. Uh, And this is speaking now. I don't know if I've always been like this in my life, but where I'm at at the moment is, especially with what's going on in the world, the kind of work that is necessary in order to get through this period is that every conversation has got to be on the cards. And... We have to have those conversations in a respectful way we have to know where other people's boundaries are because maybe they're not comfortable with certain topics but i'm really really interested in meeting the other person or the other people exactly where they are and and dealing with whatever's going on in that present moment i love conversation
1: so we've got music (laughs) conversation Well, you know, you know,
0: you know where I'm, I think, you know, where I'm about to go, which is it's food, right? So (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I want to share, I want to share a recipe. I want to know the family history of it. I want to absolutely flop at making it the first time and then learn and get better the second time. I will enjoy every part of that process and, and the stories that come behind food really interest me.
1: Well, I think I'm going to take a bit of a uh, cheeky road, which is I know a bit more about your history than the listeners out there. Mm. So I see a common thread when you're talking to me about music, conversation, food. All of those things are deeply cultural. Mm. Um, so you happen to be the only person I know that has visited every one of the world's Blue Zones. Yes, Can you talk to me about that from the idea to do it to actually doing it to how it's changed your life? Because that is a huge journey.
0: It has been, and you've seen it. You've witnessed it. So uh, (laughs) for those people listening, the blue zones are five places in the world where people live exceptionally long lives. And on top of that, it's not just about quantity, it's about quality and they live, relatively disease free lives really low levels of cardiovascular disease cancer and diabetes the term blue zones was coined by dan buettner and national geographic and i think it came actually from the blue pen that was used to circle these areas on a map so the blue, really? <laughs> yeah, so- <laughs> blue zones it's just a name it, it, there's there's no particular significance beyond the Biro they were holding in their hand the idea came to me i had a little a little health hiccup in my own life about 5 years ago and it just made me ask a lot of questions about okay what what matters what do i want to do with the time that's available to me as far as i know that it's available to me as well because mm. we we don't because we're not necessarily able to um foresee what happens so mm. after asking a lot of those questions of myself and asking a lot of questions of other people, I came across the Blue Zones in a Jetstar magazine. Let's plug it. Um, and so I'm that guy. I mean, I don't think they're on planes at the moment, but I was that guy that would like every puzzle is complete in that Jetstar magazine. I hate you. I hate you. You're the
1: one I get on the plane and there's no Jetstar magazine. I'm like, come on.
0: So, so I read an article about food in Japan and it talked about the diet in Okinawa. particular which is Mm. one of the blue zones and the first blue zone that i went to but i decided before going to the blue zones to do very little research (laughs) (laughs) because i wanted to experience it there in the culture with the people i i find the best way to get to know a culture is is direct not looking through a public although these things are great publications tv shows radio programs books these are essential, really valuable tools, but I I did have the privilege and this was pre-COVID of being able to travel. And I thought, well, if that option is open to me, I'm going to take it. So I went to Okinawa, Mm. which was place number one, Mm -hmm. incredible experience. And just for people that aren't familiar with the Blue Zones, there's a town called Loma Linda in uh, Eastern California. There's the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica. There's Mm one of the Greek islands. It sounds, I mean, talk about luxury. This is totally luxurious. (laughs) A a Greek island called Ikaria and Sardinia, or a particular part on the mid-east coast of Sardinia. These particular areas where things seem to be going right. And, And, yeah, those three things really came together in those places. Music, conversation, and food. And I think what, what they are in a combined sense is community. And really what led these people to be healthy and happy was um, a sense of community. It wasn't diet purely. It wasn't about don't mm. drink alcohol. It wasn't about don't smoke even. You know, it, it wasn't about some kind of rigid. Cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It mm. was it, what, what these five very different places had in common was a sense of community.
1: What would interest me is, from each of those places, what was one thing that sort of uh, is really vivid in your memory of what community meant to those
0: people? Speed round, not planned. Okinawa, respect for older generations. Loma Linda, a deep sense of community service. Costa Rica, family and food and dance. Ikaria, nature and time to rest. And Sardinia, tradition custom
1: all those experiences you just listed do you want to tell us more about one of them because i want to know about all of them <laughs> for the sake of our and i know all our podcast listeners will do but for the sake of time what's one just paint that picture for us about what does community in those that environment mean
0: okay there are so many stories i could tell you but i'm going to jump in with one from sardinia it was near the end of my trip so this cumulative effect of witnessing community in action Was very, very powerful. It was in this town called, forgive my pronunciation, Italian listeners, Villa Grande Stresaili. And I was wandering around the town. It was the first day that I was there, and I was looking through different buildings. It was very, very quiet, it was quite eerie. I wandered to the church that was in the middle of town and I went in, I had my little notebook, write thoughts that come to my mind, look at the architecture, respect the reverence of all these different places. And I was sitting there in silence for about three minutes. And then honestly, 300 people flooded into the church. I had no idea what was going on. It was like, A a stream of people, this woman came up to me, everyone was dressed in black. I don't know where they came from because the town was silent before this moment. And this woman came up to me and speaking rapid fire Italian. And I had no idea what she was saying. And I said, should I leave, you know, trying my best to gesture, should I leave? Should I, I I don't want to impose on anything. And she literally takes me by the arm takes me to the front of the church and sits me in the middle of the choir (laughs) as all of these people rush in and it's one of the most beautiful community experiences I've ever seen and I'm not personally a religious man it wasn't about any particular angle it was about people coming together and it was the funeral of a 100 year old man who had passed Very recently, his whole family is there, but beyond that, his whole community was there. And the music, well, his music again, the music was incredible. And to sit in the middle of the choir was like, you could feel the love vibrating in the room. And afterwards, the whole town followed in a procession through this cobbled stone, windy streets. It's on the middle. It's like up on a hill. It's a very haphazardly built Town. It's and so you're walking through these these beautiful streets, but it's twisting and turning. And I'm like a foot taller than everyone else there, so I can see every. You know, it's like not a particularly tall town. So I'm seeing everything, feeling really out of place, and going, "Can someone?" At this point, I had no idea what was going on. And this point, I'm like, "Does someone here speak English?" And that's when I learned about the the man who had passed away and him being a hundred. And this one guy, this it was a number of people who I think studied English at university he said I'll introduce you to Alex who who'll be able to tell you everything well Alex ended up being the grandson of the the man who passed on and mm-hmm. it took me under his wing I met his family he took me into they all lived in the same building this group of friends got together afterwards at their local mm-hmm. their local bar to have a cup of coffee and have a sweet and talk about and celebrate the life of the grandfather, talk about what's going on at work. There was this real shared sense of history. I met all their little farms, so the farms are passed on from generation to generation. Again, on this kind of crazy landscape, this wonderful landscape. This is a long story to emphasize the sense of community that they felt, the sense of pride they felt in telling their story to a stranger who who really had no function in that moment i I wasn't of use to them and it was something deeply personal to them i was an outsider and yet i felt so welcomed it was quite profound Hmm.
1: so you go to all of these blue zones what next in a sense of how do you make sense of such a wide cultural experience and How has that, I guess, shifted your notion of
0: community? It really shifted it for me. All those components coming back together in terms of culture are so particular to a place. So replicating isn't particularly useful. Every place is unique, just like every business is unique. When we see something work, there is a natural tendency to go, I want that, I want that deeply. How can I I get there in the quickest way possible? But this is from the ground up. This work is centuries in development. So it was confronting in some ways to come back to Australia and go, how, how does this apply in my context? Which in Australia, there's more than one context. So it, it's not like Australia's got one way of doing things. Australia has mm. so many different beautiful ways of doing things and complicated complex ways of doing things how do I reconcile this information how do I use what I've got and go from there which has been (laughs) unintentionally it comes back to those three things which you hit me with at the beginning which is it's been (laughs) about really honest conversation with my family with my friends what's going on you being one of them Jess you're part of my you're part of my family and and I know that Mu feels close as well. There's, there's a sense of honesty and transparency, which I feel really welcomed into and really fortunate to be a part of. And then it's, it's conversations about cultural things like food, music, what people's customs and traditions. Are. I really enjoyed getting to know little things like that and,
1: it reminds me, we work with a beautiful client and we ran a workshop with them. And one of the big diversity and inclusion kind of breakthroughs they had was they're a company based on celebrating food. <laughs> um, and one of the things they did was they had a, a quite a quiet member of their team uh, who was sort of practicing Ramadan at the time, and they said, could you sort of They said quietly at first can you tell us about that or do a little presentation about what that means to you Mm. and they sort of wondered is it appropriate is it not appropriate because we sort of have so many eggshells around culture and what's right to Mm. ask and what's not right to ask at the moment but this ended up being a really transformative experience because they could openly learn about it talk about it he felt like wow they really are interested in what I'm doing and I get to share something that's deeply important to me Mm. and I think that's a a lens we're seeing across multiple clients we're working with is this move to how do we engage in deep respectful Mm. sometimes fun sometimes agreeing to disagree conversations Mm. and do that in a way where I like the expression the plane doesn't have to land (laughs) we can think differently and I mean you've described to us cultures that have had hundreds of years to meld into this uh secret source of what makes them tick and, and we're getting the opportunity i guess to build that from the ground up with that expression what's the what are the pieces that we want to take mm-hmm. it's no wonder that that's hard because we all have different <laughs> languages different shared beliefs around what around what's right
0: mm. Mm. It, it is it's such it starts with really listening and i know i don't always get that right but that's one I think of the- we
1: all don't always <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's like a key thing that i learned is i had that listening there as a as a visitor i think we we all tend to have that when we're in a foreign environment we listen more mm-hmm. we we're, we're our our antennas are up and i went how do i bring that back to a place that i think i know i think i know how australia works or i think i know how my family works but do i really and Mm. and keeping that receptivity alive and then in equal measure responding with what is true for us and if we do those things in a balanced way if we say I'm going to listen as deeply as I can I'm also going to be bold enough courageous enough to say here's my truth if we can meet in that sweet spot I think great things can happen oh
1: it's been a pleasure Having you on this podcast, having you in the team, we could talk for days on the Blue Zones because I have (laughs) that as a shared passion, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. So maybe we come back and revisit that in another podcast. But thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story. And we can't wait to share more of this understanding of cultures and cultures around the world into the MOI team and into the work we do because community belonging is central to the work we do and that the work that we love to do with businesses and that the research that we do. Mm. So, thank you, Lincoln. And thanks to all our podcast listeners for tuning in. Here at Moi, we are very passionate about making the people and culture space practical and accessible for everyone. So, it's a big moi from the team and I to stay in touch with our community. You can jump onto our newsletter or better still join our community of subscribers. So, to do this, you can contact us at team at one Live, or even visit our website at www.one.live. so thank you for listening and have a great rest of the week
0: thanks for listening bye